Welcome to the Imperfect Church Podcast, a podcast for the imperfect church and the imperfect pastors that lead them. I'm Ryan Reed. And I'm John Martin. And this is the Imperfect Church Podcast. All right. It is good to be back from our long hiatus, <laughs> our forced hiatus. <laughs> oh, it's Last been a week. week Man, we I wanted to record so bad. <laughs> I, I, I tried my I best know. Monday. All day I said, John, I'll put any plan I have on hold for you. That is you a lie. Just come and record that with is me. Not true. And he said, Not today. And oh, I said, Tuesday. Gosh. He said, I can't do it at all Tuesday. I couldn't. And I said, Wednesday. And he said, I don't want to see you Wednesday. <laughs> and I said, Thursday. Yeah. And he said, Listen, I'm not doing a podcast with you this week. I've had enough. I know. And so th- that really is the first week that we've missed, which in my opinion is pretty good. Pretty good. I We're, think that I think that says what, a lot. a year and a half in? Yeah. So that's not bad. I don't know. It seems like it's been longer than a year and a half. Sheesh, yeah. Uh we've got to get better, really and truly. We've got to find a system. We we gotta get better at this. I, you say we ought to get better, but No, really, like twenty twenty is gonna be our year. Twenty twenty is our we're coming up in Perfect Church Podcast. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Got that's that twenty twenty vision. Yep, that's the year we're going to uh Get picked up by that uh, big sponsor. That's right. It's the year that, that we're going to get better. People are going to enjoy listening to us. I believe it. Instead of feeling of ob- obligation. That's right. I can't yep. wait. That'll be fun. Hey, I just come from, I just come. And you just come? <laughs> I just came from a funeral and uh, on this Monday morning. And it reminded me that I'm jealous of somebody. Pre- the person pre- in the casket? Preachers that can sing. Oh, yeah. Do you okay. sing from the pulpit? No, gosh no. Man, I'm I, and I I had, I say this because a couple of weeks ago I started a new uh sermon series called Heaven Came Down. Uh-huh. On on uh, Christmas. Uh-huh. And I I thought, man, it would be perfect if I would tell the story of how Heaven Came Down mm-hmm. was written, you know that story, yeah. and then and then sing it, you know, that would yeah. make it perfect. I had pumped myself up for it all week. You should have sang it. I was going to sing John, it. John, I've heard you sing. It's I was going to sing it at the end. And I chickened out on yeah. Sunday morning. I couldn't do it. But this guy today, he's, and I don't even know the song. It was one of those old songs. And uh, it fit perfect with his message. And he sang it, and it was such a powerful thing. Yeah. You ever Have you ever done that? I, no, I have not, uh, because I can't sing. I've quoted, I, I quote him. I, I do that. I did, I did um, that that Sunday morning. I pumped myself up yeah, to sing it, yeah, and I just uh, chickened out. Yeah. I'm I'm jealous of those preachers that can also sing. Mm-hmm. They can mm-hmm. preach and sing. Have you ever thought about doing like scat poetry from the pulpit? <laughs> no. But anything can be a slam poem if you say it like this. <laughs> Snapping. Get them snap. No, I've never thought about that. Uh, maybe actually. you should try that next time. You gotta get you've gotta get at least ten people to snap along. And then people yeah. everybody else be like, all right, well they're snapping, so I've got to yeah, snap. Yeah, I gotta snap. So. That's not the way that That's works right. at my church. Anyway, so funeral this morning. I'm ready now to talk about uh, community. Community. Yep. So we are today. Uh, we're going to kind of start the uh, the podcast off with a dead man because everything we're saying today is going to pivot off of Dietrich Bonhoeffer from Life Together. Was I supposed to read that? Together. You're welcome to. I mean, I got it too. Okay. All right. I'll read it, John. <laughs> um, sorry. So Dietrich Bonhoeffer says in his Life Together, he says, Christianity means community through Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ. No Christian community is more or less than this. What does this mean? It means, first, that a Christian needs others because of Jesus Christ. It means, second, that a Christian comes to others only through Jesus Christ. It means, third, that in Jesus Christ we have been chosen from eternity, accepted in time, and united for eternity. Yeah, I think uh, this is going to be a good good kind of model for us to follow to talk about community today because... 
you know, if you're like us, uh, you if you're in a rural area, most of us uh, probably are in a rural area. When you think about the word community, you think about your community as in your town, right? The gathered group of people that are around your church, right. maybe that's what we think of as community, and that is that is a community. But what we're talking about more particularly is the Christian community that makes up your congregation and uh, even greater than that. So, yeah, and I think part of the reason why we should talk about this is because the uh, community identity that we once had as mm-hmm. Christians and as uh, people of the church um, is slipping in America today. In fact, most recently, I think I saw that there was a report that uh, parents would rather their children marry outside the faith instead oh, of really? instead of outside the political party. Wow, wow. And, and That's so we're starting interesting. to yeah, we're starting to see a little shift here that at least for hmm. the majority of Americans, uh, especially maybe um, in, in this more secular age, yeah. people are moving away from community identity in the church and more with um, identity broader, maybe in politics or in sports or whatever else. Isn't that something? You know, it's probably because uh, our ide- our ideology of politics is probably more deeply ingrained. Yeah, mm-hmm. than our religious understanding is. I mean, and the and the reason is is uh, oh, I want to get on this tangent, but right. we watch hours of Fox News mm-hmm. every yeah. day yeah. and spend very little time in the Word, and so we're deep. We're more deeply ingrained in this political, whether it be Fox News or MSNBC or CNN or whatever. Right. We're we're ingrained in our political involvement more so than we are our faith. That's, That's a terrible right. stat. It is. It is. Um, I hope it's a real stat. It is. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure it is. Um, I don't have it on If not, me. it should be. Uh, I, don't, I don't doubt it. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because that's pretty scary if it that's is. the truth. It is. And that's I feel like that's uh that idea is because many of our churches are are losing that community aspect. Yeah, right. And right. that's why you see in a lot of church circles this emphasis on uh on the covenant community. Yeah. Uh emphasizing the covenant that we make together. Mm-hmm. And it's because mm-hmm. for a long time with uh with different church movements and church growth movements, yeah, there's maybe a looser church bond. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. churches become more of a fast food type thing of, you know, you go to where yeah. you can get you can get where you want, and mm-hmm. if it's not quick enough there, you can go find somewhere else. And there's yeah. this loose bond, and it also has to do with the fact that I think for many of us nowadays is we're we're less rooted, and so we're mo- more mobile, and so we're we're not able to to dig down into a community anymore because our jobs are moving us or whatever else, right? And so we're looking for something grander. Yeah, and I, I would say you know I think there was a day whenever we uh, joined a church underneath a church covenant, and, mm-hmm. and very literally the church covenant was on the wall. That's right, and we joined the church understanding that church covenant and over the over the past few decades we've kind of gone too far away from that church covenant idea to now it's just like come and there's no expectations there's no requirements really for you to be inside of our community and so it's diluted what community means and i do think what you're saying there's there's there seems to be a turn back towards that community mm-hmm. yeah. uh, with making a covenant with each other. We mm-hmm. even have people who have uh, covenant membership right. now yeah. and uh, where you have to sign a covenant. And even some of them are saying, hey, every year you're going to have to re-up yeah, to a, be a part a of this community. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so uh, all of that's because just what you've said, we've kind of lost this idea of a true community inside right. the church. And so I think this is where Bonhoeffer is, is helpful because he tells us that the church may be more than just a community. 
but it is not less than one. It is it is a community through Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ. It cannot be it cannot be less than that. Right. It must be a, a body of people underneath uh, the authority of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And he tells us kind of the implications for that, and that we want to kind of break up and talk about these three implications that yep. Bonhoeffer gives us. All right, so, so the first one is is that uh, the people that are involved in a true community, they need each other because of Jesus Christ. And I would say that this is probably, uh, on your initial reading and understanding of it, hearing it, it may not be what you think it means, mm-hmm. uh, because when I think of needs others because of Jesus Christ, I think about my needs and my fulfillment, which right. I think that's just the nature of our society today. See, when I heard that, I thought about John's needs and his fulfillment. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but that's not really what Bonhoeffer means. He, uh, he, he really is taking this a different direction, something that we really ought to consider, because the world needs our community. Mm -hmm. Because of the work of Jesus Christ, the world needs us to be a people that are communicating the gospel to other people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, you know, you think about the way that God could have revealed himself and his gospel to us. And we see the first thing that Jesus does uh, in his earthly ministry is he calls a people around himself. He calls a community together. Uh, Then with the uh, sending out in Matthew, we see that he sends out that community uh, to call another group of people, uh, true Israel, to come underneath the authority of the king. Uh, and so I think that's helpful for us to see this idea that that Jesus uh, understood that we needed community. Yeah. And we even see that community as a mirror of the community of God himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is one in three, mm. or three in one. Uh, and so it, it's helpful for us to see that that community um, is essential to uh, to who God is and to who his people are. And yeah. so the gospel goes forth from one human being to another human being, not from an angel to a human being, not from right, a rock right. to a human being, but right. from people to people. Yeah, and he goes on further as well and just says, uh, not only do we need each other for this initial understanding of how to join the community, uh, but Bonhoeffer will say uh, he needs he needs him again and again when he becomes uncertain and discouraged, for by himself, meaning the Christian, he cannot help himself without belying the truth. And so it's this idea that uh, we not only need each other in the beginning because of Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. but we need each other in this consistent discipleship relationship, a continued walk with with our brothers and sisters in order to develop in our faithfulness. Yeah, and how true is that? Uh, One of the things that I love about our church, and and I try to remind them about, and we gather together. Um, we are a family, whether yeah. we like it or not. We yeah, have right. we have been we have been bought by the blood of Jesus. We are part of the family of God, and uh, I can't tell you how many times I've been encouraged by my family, yeah, and built up by my family, even yeah. with simple things uh, like during the worship service and hearing my family sing yeah. and being strengthened by their faith. Yeah, uh, you know when you uh, when you are standing and singing, um, it is well with my soul, mm-hmm. and you hear. The recent uh, woman who has been widowed and who has lost loved ones, and mm-hmm. she is singing, it is well with my soul. Yeah, uh, it, it is well. Uh, regardless of what has happened, that will strengthen your faith. And I right, feel like that's what the right, church is for, right. to strengthen one another. Yeah, sure. And you know, I, I'm one of those guys, and I hope all preachers are this way, but I know some some may not be. And I, I know all believers are not this way. I wish we were all like John. <laughs> yeah, but it, uh, it does my heart so much good just to be with each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, even if it's just an encouragement of presence. That's right. So, uh, I think so. So we need each other because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. That's right. Secondly, we see that a Christian comes to others through Jesus Christ. 
Yeah, and so you know, again, this uh, they're now as a result of what Jesus has done for us. There's no discord between God and man, mm-hmm. and uh, likewise, there should be no discord between man and man as well. We are joined together uh, because of the work of Christ. We are in Christ together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think this is what this is what Paul is dealing with in Ephesians two. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, I've loved Ephesians two, the first half of this chapter. Yeah, uh, which is, I mean, just a great. Um, uh, great passage where Paul is praising God's grace to us, yeah, uh, his gift yeah. of faith to us, how he uh, fixes the uh, the problem between us and God, right. uh, how we were formerly sinners, uh, children of wrath, and now we have been transformed. Uh, but I often, you know, we often kind of stop reading there, and we forget the second part of that of that great chapter where Paul says that Jesus Christ is our peace, mm-hmm. and then through mm-hmm. His blood, we are now brought together uh, right, Jews yeah. and Gentiles yeah. into one body. Yeah. We who were far off are brought near. And yeah. I think that that that's that uh, double uh, double redemption that we receive. We receive reconciliation between us and God and reconciliation yeah. between man and man. Yeah, and speaking of that relationship between man and man as a result or through Jesus Christ, I, I w- I've been focused my just personally in, in Galatians chapter 6 the last several weeks, and I can't get over it. And it says... Uh, Galatians 6, 2 says that we as brothers in Christ are to bear one another's burdens mm-hmm. and fulfill the law of Christ. Yeah. And uh, and then it goes on further and says, uh, but each one should bear his own load. And so there is this expectation that each of us are supposed to bear those normal things in life, mm-hmm. but that for the extraordinary things, we are meant to bear them together right. through Christ mm-hmm. who's joined us together. And I, I think this is one of those places that when we think about community that we've kind of lost in the modern church. Uh, you know, I was I told my church last Wednesday night that I think we're better at we're better at sharing our load, which we're not instructed to share, mm-hmm. than we are sharing our burdens. Yeah. Right? We'll 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 moan and groan about the everyday tiredness and routine of life, mm-hmm. but those deep, heavy, burdensome things, we're less likely to communicate with yeah. each other. Yeah. And uh, and because we've been brought to one another through Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. we are a family of God, and we're supposed to be able to share these things with one another. Yeah, and that's what I love. Uh, you know, we ask, someone says, why do I have to come to church? Can I be a Christian yeah. outside of the church? Yeah. Well, there are so many commands in Scripture, this one being uh, being one in particular, that we're told uh, to do something one to another. Right, yeah. One another. Yeah. And we cannot one another by ourselves. That's not a solo activity, <laughs> right? Uh, we need others to one to another with them, right? To bear one another's burdens, there has to be two. There has yes. to be at least a plurality. That's right. That's uh, right. And so we see that in Scripture, that this idea that um, that we have a community and that we come together in the peace of Jesus Christ to yeah. bear one another's burdens, to yeah. encourage one another, to lift one another up, and ultimately to march uh, to New Jerusalem mm-hmm. together. That's the idea. Yeah, and I would say too, this is a this is a place of conviction. I think for all of us, because you talked about that peace, the peace that exists between God and man. And the peace that exists between man and man. And sometimes we have to do a lot of work to be reminded that we've been joined together through Jesus Christ. And no matter how aggravating my brother in Christ, Ryan, might be, Church. we have to... Uh, we, we are joined together by something that's greater than our opinions of each other, even, yeah. or our opinions of how we worship, our opinions of uh, what time we worship, uh, you know, that sort of thing. And so I, I would just say... This idea of family 
and this idea of there being peace among man between man and man and us coming together through Jesus Christ it requires that there be a sense of un- of unity yeah and i love da carson says this uh, in his book love in hard places he says the church itself is not made up of natural friends mm-hmm. it is made up of natural enemies yeah. what binds us together is not common education yeah. common race common income levels common politics common nationality common accents common jobs or anything else of that sort yeah. Christians come together not because they form a natural coalition, but because they have all been saved by mm-hmm. Jesus Christ and owe him a common allegiance. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And I think we have to always remind ourselves of that, that what has joined us together is bigger than our occupation, our nationality, again, our ethnicity, all of those things have to be smaller than Jesus. Yeah. Right. And a lot of times in churches, they're not. Right. What's and, What's more important, uh, I, I was with some pastors this past week, and literally one guy was telling a heartache of a, of a story in his church that they were divided over. It wasn't color of carpet, but it was something very similar to that. Right, yeah. you know. And, and at some point, we've got to realize that how we've been joined together through Jesus Christ, it's certainly larger than the color of carpet. Right. But it's also larger than the color of our skin. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or the, our opinions on the depravity of man, even. Right, yeah. You know, right. I mean, those kind of things have to be smaller than Jesus. If not, we've set up an idol mm-hmm. that's greater than Christ, and we are in great danger at yeah. that point. Yeah, so. and, and that's the that's danger in a church is because those personal idols are going to be vying for that central position in the church, yeah. and we as individuals and we as a corporate body, uh, we suppress those. Yeah. We put to death yeah. those idols, and we lift up Christ. You know, you think about Jesus being tempted in the garden, I mean, being tempted in the desert, and mm-hmm. uh, Adam and Eve were tempted That's in the right. garden. That's right. Jesus was in the desert. How about that? I know. Uh, we we have this picture of, of Satan giving Jesus some opportunities, mm-hmm. right? And there are opportunities to feed your belly. You know, here's uh, you turned a stone into bread, right? Mm-hmm. It's opportunities of authority. You can have all of this if you'll look at it. You can have everything that you see. Mm-hmm. And uh, and a lot of times, um, unlike Christ, we allow ourselves to fall victim to those temptations and not see Christ as greater than the temptation mm-hmm. or the reward from the sinfulness that we can that we can fall to. Anyway, I'm just saying, I think at some point, instead of worried about filling our own bellies or the authority that we might be able to get, uh, we need to be concerned about how Jesus is powerful enough to unite us. Yeah, I think that's into good. community. I think that's good. And then third, we see that in Jesus Christ we are chosen, chosen, chosen from chosen. eternity. That's right. <laughs> Second, uh, we have come to Jesus. Uh, that is not right. Except in time. Nope, I'm out. <laughs> Say it we again. Are, you threw me off. Start are, over. Uh, in Jesus, we are chosen from eternity, accepted in time, and united for eternity. All right. There's that past, present, and future of it. Yeah, yeah. How far past were we chosen? Um, yesterday. No. Uh, <laughs> from the foundation? That's right, from the foundation. So we have this this uh, election that we are looking forward to. We are placed together by the divine purpose of God. And, and I feel like that should not be... Um, should not be uh, forgotten as we gather together. Yeah, um, I didn't get to choose my church family. Mm-hmm. They chose me. God, God chose us together. Every person in there was brought together yeah. through the divine knowledge of God. There is a reason that I have church members that John does not have. Yeah, and there's a yeah. reason why he has church members that I do not have. Right, they like good preaching. That's right, they like good <laughs> preaching, so they go to John's church. Um, no, we remember this. We were all chosen together by God for a purpose. Yeah, yeah. right. Uh, this is why I love Ephesians two, uh, talking about that we have been, we are God's. Bo- 
workmanship, uh, created for good works. Yeah. And yeah. those have been ordained for us that we should walk in them. Yeah, and I would say, too, you know, I, I, again, I just came from a funeral, so I kind of have that on my mind. But, um, but, but you know, how, we say we can't wait to be, we can't wait to go to heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't wait to those streets of gold and those yeah. pearly gates, mm. you know. But you know what else is going to be there? The people of God. That's right, yeah. The people of God are also going to be there. And uh, how much more should we anticipate being in eternity, united together with the bride of Christ? Jesus is going to be there. That ought to be your focus, no doubt. Yeah. But over the pearly gates and the streets of gold, the people of God are going to be it, there. And uh, not only that, should we anticipate that into eternity, but we should recognize that we're a part of that family mm-hmm. even now. Yeah, right. And, uh, you know, we anticipate as pastors being together on Sunday morning for worship. And we also anticipate it because we know that it is just a taste. Yep, a foretaste of, of what's divine. to come. That's, That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. That's very good. Uh, we are chosen in, uh, from eternity. We are accepted in time. Uh, there's this idea that when we come together, we are reminded of our acceptance to God. Yeah, uh, This is part of the, the benefits of being from the Baptist denomination. Uh, part of our church government is when uh, we baptize somebody. We are mm-hmm. baptizing them, we believe, into the church of God. Yeah. We are publicly saying, this one is breaking from Satan and, yeah. and yeah. their sin, and they are becoming a part of our family. They are accepted, regardless yeah. of their past. Right. Whatever sins they have committed, now they are accepted in time. Yeah. Yeah, I like it, man. It's good. It's good. I like it too. I <laughs> it's like good. It too. Uh, and then, last, uh, Bonhoeffer says that we are united for eternity, and this goes back to what John was saying. Yep, I, I jumped ahead. You jumped ahead a little. I'm bit. sorry. That's fine. Uh, but united for eternity, uh, these are our family members, and they will forever be. Right. If we you know believe something? that um, Christ will will finish the work that He has done in us, yeah, then we know that this is this is our uh, you know forever family. That's yeah. a, that's a word that's thrown around in adoption circles. Right, I think it's right, good right. that this is our family forever. We have been bought by the blood of Jesus, uh, tied together, and they are ours, and we are theirs for eternity. Yeah, it's good. You know, I think I think the more that we uh, understand the beauty of the community of the bride of Christ, the more we will be committed to the community of the bride of Christ. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. We take for granted that uh, next Sunday that community is going to gather together, mm-hmm. you know. And I think we need to be we need to renew our love for this community. And others need us, mm-hmm. right? And uh, and we need others through Jesus Christ. And uh, ultimately, what we've been chosen for and accepted in is just preparing us for eternity. Yeah, and I think the the beauty of all this uh, is the underlying assumption. That if we were able to be brought into this family, mm-hmm. is there not room for others? Yeah, uh, yeah. And so the idea of the church is this, uh, is this, is this coming um, foretaste of the kingdom that proclaims the king has conquered death, mm. and he is inviting you now into his kingdom. Yeah. Uh, come, the spirit and the bride say, "Come!" Right? Uh, we we are celebrating the fact that we have a family. And then we look out into the world of people that had no hope and have no family, mm-hmm. and we invite them into ours. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so uh, what a what a great reminder as we gather on a weekly basis that this is more than just um, a a weekly routine. Yeah, uh, this is uh, this is something grander than that. It's good, man. All right, John, you have some resources for us. Yeah, I don't um, I don't have really a book I'm reading right now. I told Brian Brian. <laughs> whatever his name is, Ryan, that I'm fixing to start. I haven't gotten it yet, but I'm fixing to start a a biography because I hate biographies. Yeah. 
and I'm making myself read biographies, mm-hmm. and I have a biography of Winston Churchill that I'm fixing to start reading. So, But I have some resources about this idea of community because I think it's really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The first one uh, is where that Diedrich Bonhoeffer quote came from. And uh, it is Life Together is the name of that book. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just about Christian community. Real short book. Let's see how many pages it is. It's only 118 pages. Uh, so it's a great little quick read. If you're trying to get your good reads go, there it is. That's a good one right there. Uh, the next one is uh, True Community by Jerry Bridges. You read this one? I have not. Mm-hmm. This one is very good too. And we have one of these we're going to give away. Yeah. So, uh, Hot be, dog. Huh? Hot dog. Be, <laughs> be looking for that. Jerry Bridges is I, I think he's a great author yeah, and uh he just he he uh it's just good. It's good. It's it's really close to this Life Together by Diedrich Bonhoeffer, uh just in some modern day understanding. It's a great book. And the last one is one that I think is really good mm-hmm. and it's called Side by Side by Edward Welch. And mm-hmm. I had never read anything by Edward Welch. I don't know actually that he even has another text. But what he's talking about in this book is how Christians don't have deep friendships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like like deep, especially pastors, I would say. Yeah. We don't have deep friendships. And he talks about how how we can be wise about friendships, mm-hmm. but ultimately how giving up of ourselves in a deep friendship uh, is is what we're called to do as a mm-hmm. church. And so Side by Side by Edward Welch. Again, if you're trying to reach your good reads, go. It's only 150 story. books. Do you, know, do you know Edward Welch's history? His I have family no connection? idea. No. So his great grandfather was Thomas Welch, okay. who was a Methodist minister who invented Welch's grape juice. You have got to be kidding! Me. I am. I made that up. <laughs> Thomas Welch did. <laughs> I invent, was like, what? Uh, Thomas Welch did invent that. But uh, I don't know if he's a there. counselor, so it's kind of got that counselor vibe yeah, to it. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, he, it's a it's a really good. You would have bought really, that though, huh? I would have bought it. Whatever. Yeah. Fact check that. That's right. <laughs> kind of like right. that stat you gave at the beginning right. of our time. And together. then I would mention more of a of a uh, scholarly approach to this community. Uh, uh, less, <laughs> Why did I not doubt you were going to uh, say something like that? A less elementary one. <laughs> yeah. No, um, but I would mention, uh, so I'm, I'm currently in an ecclesiology seminar, uh, and one of our texts that we're reading is Greg Allison's Sojourners and Strangers, mm-hmm. which is uh, where the uh, genesis of this idea came from. As I was reading it, he quotes gotcha. Bonhoeffer and... Uh, so uh, John and I decided to do a podcast on it, and Very I had read so I had read the text, the Bonhoeffer. That's right, text. John. I, I had John read reads. the original text. Good for you, John. Good <laughs> yeah. job. Yeah. All right. All right uh, hey, I, I think we need to talk about something. <laughs> All right. What you need to talk about? How do you How do you feel about? We still have a few minutes. Yeah, a little bit. How do How do you feel about uh, Lane Kiffin going to Ole Miss? <sighs> you know, Don, what? You, I, as a Tennessee fan, I know you love some Lane Kiffin. That's right. So, <laughs> so here's the deal: Lane Kiffin was at Tennessee for like nine months, <laughs> and in nine months. Um, he had several issues, yeah, yeah, uh, including the fact that there were some scholarships taken away <laughs> after his time there. Uh, some other things, of course, yeah. he had his buddy Ed Ogeron there as well, right? Uh, so they were a pretty good t- duo before he <laughs> bolted. Uh, here's the thing: in college football, you got to either be good or entertaining. And yeah, there's yeah, one yeah. thing about Lane Kiffin: he may not be good all the time, <laughs> but he is entertaining. He's done a great job um, at Florida Atlant- Atlantic. Yeah, he has done a great yeah. job at Florida Atlantic. Um, so we'll see how he does. At, at Ole Miss. Yeah. Um, all I can say is, I don't know if you saw when he got off the plane, Ole Miss students greeted him. Yeah. Uh, immediately, someone handed him a baby that he kissed. <laughs> and? And then someone screamed, Lane, get a burner phone. <laughs> and that's you know, awesome. Uh, I, I that's think awesome. Ole Miss, you're in for a ride. That's, that's fun, all I'm saying. Fun, fun, fun. All right. Well, we do appreciate uh, you guys joining us. We're so sorry about last week. And we'll make up for it by uh, doing a book giveaway that we were going to do anyway. All right. Uh, if you appreciate our podcast, like, rate, and review us on iTunes. 
and we will see you next week. Until then, keep loving your imperfect church, and remember one day she will be perfected in glory.